0: Well, a new Republican bill introduced in the Wisconsin legislature would target school librarians for criminal criminal prosecution for purchasing books deemed obscene for their schools. Joining me on the phone is Peter Bromberg from Every Library, which is um, a, a, a an organization which tracks this type of legislation, which is attacking our libraries and our uh, ability uh, of, to read what we want to read, um, and... Uh, Joining me again, Peter Brommer. Peter, uh, good morning, and thank you for being on the show. Good morning, thanks for having me. All right. well, let can we first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about every library um, in and why you guys formed?
1: Sure. Uh, so every library is a is a nonprofit that's been around now going on about thirteen years. and we really formed to build support for libraries across America, specifically, Uh, financial but also political support, as those two things are tied together. And initially, um, we really focused on helping libraries and helping communities to go to the ballot box to pass uh, budgets for for libraries. Many libraries have to go to the voters for a budget uh, on a regular basis. But we've always done what we might call rapid response or crisis where there are attacks against libraries, librarians, library funding, censorship issues, et cetera, where we would come in and, and, and help to uh, help, help citizens in their communities and help libraries to address those challenges. And of course, over the last few years, while we still do all of those proactive funding campaigns, we're doing a tremendous amount of work helping Americans push back and uh, organize in organizing their communities to defend against censorship and, and other attacks on libraries.
0: What would this bill here in Wisconsin? What would it mean for school librarians? Well, so
1: there, there are, there have been for a long time exemptions uh, or defenses from prosecution under criminal code for certain professions or particular types of workplaces, uh, libraries, school libraries, public libraries, universities, um, museums, etc., um, and, and these. Uh, these protections have been in place since the early 60s, um, when the Model Penal Code of 62 created much of this existing kind of state-by-state framework. Um, and there have been some revisions in the 70s and 80s. Um, but I want to be clear that that even today, 60 years later, almost all states continue to share a very common statutory consensus that uh, that educational and scientific settings should be, settings should be exempted from prosecution. It's a longstanding settled point of law. Um, that uh, that the workforce and, and governing boards, as well of these institutions, school boards, public library boards, should not be subjected to criminal prosecution over books or collections or materials in their care, um, as well as for performances and displays in those institutions. So, I just want to preface the. And I know that's not the the question you asked, <laughs> but you know that what would happen to school librarians um, is that they would be put in um, real jeopardy of being. Uh, arrested and prosecuted for doing their jobs, right, um, which is is making sure that there is a collection of materials on school library shelves that supports the, the education and the success of the students that they serve in those schools. Um, so that, that would be the impact. And, and beyond that, um, whether or not anyone is ever actually arrested and brought to prison, um, because for Indiana has a similar law that's just come into effect, no one's been arrested or prosecuted yet, um, it has a chilling effect on the school librarians, on the principals, on the teachers, on the school boards that says, well, we better err on the side of not collecting. And, and unfortunately, what, you know, what, what tends to be attacked or classified or characterized as problematic, as explicit, et cetera, are books by and about uh, LGBTQ Plus authors, BIPOC authors, and so books that have that center those those characters, those experiences, those voices. We see this across the country. There's great data collected by PEN America and uh, among other organizations that demonstrate that this is these are the books that are going to be attacked, and these are the books that are going to be eliminated from shelves. As um, again, librarians, teachers, parent, uh, uh, principals, administrators, are school board members are nervous so they say well don't don't buy that don't buy just don't buy those books
0: right now we were talking uh, talk a little bit about that national political effort that is this is model le- legislation which is created by other national uh, uh, organizations that they're like, oh, well, let's let's try and implement this in Wisconsin or Florida or whatever so that actually the, the the state legislators here in Wisconsin, this is not their own idea that they came up with. Can you talk about this model legislation that's being pushed? You did talk a little bit about that, but yeah. Sure.
1: Uh, yeah, there's absolutely, you know, state legislatures, they all look at each other, and there are actual organizations that, that put out uh, specific model legislation. So it's, it's, a lot of these are cut-and-paste jobs. You know? yeah. um, and, you know, and, and it's not, look, it's not like the people of Wisconsin have been saying, hey, we have a problem that needs to be solved, legislators, right? I mean, um, you know, we all remember back in the day, like when, when these laws were, were being passed to create these exemptions for libraries, museums, schools, et cetera, They're there for a reason, right? It it not only protects the integrity of the institution and their missions and the people that they serve, but it also protects taxpayers. It's interesting to see that, like Wisconsin legislature, has actually gone a bit further than some other states um, in in affirming specifically that it it is in the interest of the state, and this is in your in your um, state code nine forty four (laughs) twenty one eight a to protect the financial resources of libraries and educational institutions. From being expended in litigation, right, and so this is part of the problem with these laws: is that even if again no one's arrested, is that it opens up the door now for people to start making accusations and to start filing suits, and 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 even if there's not a legitimate case to be made, that doesn't mean that the the, the school district, the school board, the public library, the, the museums, etc., don't have to defend themselves, and and when it's when they're publicly funded institutions. Uh, then then they have to, you know, expend public monies uh, to to defend against, you know, suit after suit after suit. That's why these laws were put in place to begin with 60 years ago, right? And, well, before we start ripping fences down, right, you know, you need to think about why they're there in the first place. So it's not that this is a local issue in Wisconsin that people are saying, oh, we need to fix Mm -hmm. this. Um, There is a a national move uh, behind this, and and it's been documented that, I mean, there's a a number of players – you know, involved, but there is a very strong anti-public education, anti-public institution effort behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, in other words, people who want to privatize education or privatize fill in the blank um, have a problem when it comes to public education and teachers and libraries. Because guess what? Americans not only love their libraries and love their local schools, they love their teachers and they love their librarians, and they have a very, very high level of trust in their teachers and in their uh, librarians. In fact, surveys show over and over again that librarians are the most trusted profession in America, sort of up there tied with doctors and nurses, and then any other profession after that drops by about 30 points. I mean, so how how do you convince people to support a voucher program where your public tax money goes to a private school, that has no accountability that can discriminate that can choose who who gets in and who doesn't get in there you know mm-hmm. all the federal protection uh, civil rights protections don't necessarily apply in the same way so well what do we do well we start attacking um school librarians we start attacking public librarians we start attacking teachers to take take that level of trust down a notch and they have people who are very happy with their local education um, become activated, uh, around this in an angry way. So it starts to soften them up for the argument to move public money into private hands.
0: Right. Now, uh, there is actually a definition for what is considered obscene, right? Which, um, uh, I mean, it's a legal definition for what is obscene. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, kind of similar in all the States, right? Wisconsin's definition of obscene is consistent. Um, well, it says it's a legal test, uh, well, they talk about this Miller test. Do you what? What is that?
1: Right. So that, that's a great question. And and so, as you pointed out, there 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 are legal definitions for obscenity or for harmful to minors, and 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 these are state level definitions, and they all are very very similar, almost word for word, um, in in matching what you refer to as the Miller test. So the the Miller test, so called, is is a it's named after a Supreme Court case. Um, where the Supreme Court uh, sort of said, "Look, when it comes to First Amendment protections, we start with the premise that everything has a First Amendment protection unless, less right. Um, there's very few carve-outs for for um, things, right. I mean, uh, inciting violence is not protected. Um, child pornography is not protected. Right, but in, in in terms of saying obscenity is not protected, let's define what obscenity is, and it's a, and it's a three-prong test." Um, that basically says, and I'm going to uh, summarize here, I'm not going to quote, um, is that the material to be considered obscene has to be, when taken as a whole, which is a key phrase, so you have to look at the whole thing, not just a, a sentence or two out of context, taken as a whole, uh, appeals to the prurient interest. In other words, taken as a whole, it's really designed to be right something to get you know a sexual rise at it, to be material that is used for self-pleasure. Right? That's the whole point of the material, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And the second point is, is what you might not hear, ever hear the Slaps test, is, is, and Slap stands for significant literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. So taken as a whole, again, we have to look at the the book, the material, the performance, the CD, the DVD, whatever, the movie, the song as a whole, and 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 say, does it, taken as a whole, have significant literary, artistic, uh, you know, political, scientific value? And uh, so. That's the test, and 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 that's and an those are ends, right? So it has to be it has to be designed specifically for prurient interest, mm-hmm. and it has to lack when taken as a whole literary, artistic, political, scientific value. Um, so th- there's really nothing on our shelves um, that meets those definitions. Um, mainstream publishers don't publish materials that would be in violation of those of those definitions, um, and because the Miller test this really lays out the the federal standard. Um, you know, in America, states cannot protect fewer rights than the federal government, right? Think about the Bill of Rights or our constitutional protections. You know, a state can't say, well, you know, that whole freedom of speech thing, we're, we're not going to, you know, we have a different approach here in Ohio or Wisconsin or Indiana or wherever, right? We're not going to protect as much speech. Um, the same with any of the other amendments, right? I mean, we see that play out with the fishing pole on, on gun control and all that, right? But the bottom line is... That Miller test is a floor below which uh, states cannot fall, which is why all the states have this language that aligns with that the Slaps language and the Taken as a whole language.
0: All right, Eli has a question. Yeah, so I I'm, I'm. I'm. You know, sure. you mentioned uh, you know kind of this this
1: nationalization of local politics, kind of driving this, and kind of how uh, you know these obscenity rules can not are not necessarily reflective of of the people in their own community. Can you kind of uh, talk about like mm-hmm. how, how this this gets together? Do you, do you kind of see a larger, broader societal shift on obscenity that's that's striking this? I guess I guess my question is, is, you know, why the threat of this? Why now? Why is it you know, why is this popping up in a bunch of different communities? Or, you know, is, is there
0: national politics driving this or, or who's who are the people that are really pushing for this uh, all over the country?
1: Sure. It's absolutely national politics driving it. And and it's also just, there's, if you just look, stand back and look at, you know, the, the trends in American um, politics, this comes up on a regular basis, right? I mean, there's there was censorship, you know, in the 50s, and, you know, it was sort of driven by an anti-communist thing. But also, there's always a bit of racism involved, as well, um, in, in, the, in, our, in the American flavor of censorship here. And you know there was the, the the freak out about comic books, right? And we still have the comic book Legal Defense Fund, which does great uh, work defending against censorship that arose specifically around the the freak out around uh, comic books. If you remember in the '80s, right, we had the you know, Parents uh, Music Resource Center, right, concerned about uh, lyrics. And again, I mean, oftentimes those lyrics were what they were on rap albums, but there were lyrics of you know black artists, mm-hmm. et cetera, Right. So mm-hmm. there's always a little bit of this hinge. So it, it comes around um, uh, regularly in American politics, but there's always a, there's always an underlying purpose to it, and it's to get people scared um, and to get people concerned. And when people are scared, now they're more easy to manipulate into voting this way or that, or donating this way or that. So people are making money off it. But again, as I pointed out, I mean this particular you know there there are um, interests that that are that politically support the idea of small government, no regulation, and, you know, privatize, fill in the blank. doesn't matter what it is. Social Security, whether it's retirement, Mm -hmm. taking care of our elderly, whether it's education, taking care of our kids, there's a a belief there that that's better off uh, in private hands and public hands. And so, again, you know, what do we do? We want to scare people. Um, And, you know, beyond this, I mean, we saw it really rolled out in – the Virginia election, Governor Young can I mean, it was well documented that, you know, that they, they had a, a, a an approach, they had a strategic approach that, hey, we need to peel off white women in the suburbs to vote Republican to win this. So how do we do it? Well, mm-hmm. parents' rights. Um, we already have a lot of people who are upset about uh, masking in schools and things like that, and some groups were forming on Facebook. Let's take these existing infrastructures that have popped up um, Scare them about you know the CRT whatever that is is being taught in schools that you know they're trying to indoctrinate your kids to become trans or gay. Look at these books that are on the shelf, um, you know vote you know vote vote for me. So right. I mean that's a I'm, I'm simplifying, but you know again it's been documented and that you know that gives you an idea of, of the why behind it. But you know at the end of the day the Constitution doesn't change, the First Amendment protections don't change. Um, that, that's still going to be in place at the federal level. Um, But so the the real impact of this is it's just going to make it harder to attract good people to serve on boards. Mm -hmm. It's going to make it harder to attract and retain good teachers and good librarians uh, to work in schools and libraries. And there's there's an issue also that's playing out in some places around the country about insurance issues as well, because now if, if you're making public employees... Um, putting them in jeopardy of being sued, and or putting school districts uh, and public libraries in danger of having to defend against these lawsuits or defend against, you know, being arrested, you know, illegitimately when the People's First Amendment rights are being violated, right. who pay? Who foots the bill for that? And insurance, and you know, all these public institutions are insured, so there's some risk management discussions that, that are going on, there's liability issues that need to be explored, and again, there's just going to be the chilling effect, right. um, which... Problematic, right? right?
0: Peter Bromberg from Every Library. I wish we had more time to go, but uh, we got to sign off here. Um, Every Library, if you want to find out more of the work that they do, you go to everylibrary.org and you can do that. Peter, I want to thank you uh, uh, for being on, and this is definitely something that we have to follow here in Wisconsin. Of course, the bill, I can't find the number of the bill, but it's being introduced by uh, Republicans, uh, Senator Andre Jock and State Representative Scott Allen. Um, uh, you can call them if you want or just pay attention to what's going on here. And, um, again, Peter, I want to thank you very much uh, for being on the show. I'm sorry that we, we've run out of time.
1: No, no, thanks so much. That's SB305 if people want to check it out. SB305, and also fight for the first. Right, .org if, Yeah, if you want to organize and fight back in your own communities.
0: Okay, thank you very much.